I mean, he's so boring. He's just big and purple, right? Like, I mean, like, who cares? Hello, and welcome to Elevating the Genre, Volume 2, Episode 5. We are your co-host, Christopher Morrison, and that man is... Dama. That's right, and we are here to talk about all things that make smart, geeky stuff actually smart and mostly geeky. After skipping a week, sorry guys, uh, I my schedule, I'm a terrible scheduler and was in the States for a little gigantic thing called AFM, the American Film Market, and I completely <laughs> fucked up my calendar and my sleep schedule and was unable to overcome my jet lag to talk to the, your brilliant other co-host, Dominic Ma, and, and have... And, and we had daylight savings time. And we had like daylight savings time. storm of Dude, you had daylight savings time countries. in America... I'd already gone through that shit in Europe two weeks before, so I was extra fucked up. Um, so that's my uh, – I blame um, the sun and – was that the Warren Commission who made Daylight Savings Time? I don't know. It's not the Warren Commission, obviously. They did something to do with the Kennedy assassination, but uh, I blame yeah. the Warren Commission. <laughs> Probably. The sun was also responsible for the Kennedy assassination yeah, totally. in obviously. some way, I'm yeah. sure. The, the the gunman behind the the the, the grassy knoll was obviously uh, you know Phaeton Apollo. Hey, since we're talking about yeah. myths and legends, look at that! Oh, he brings in myths and legends right away, people. That's right. Today we are in November, um, a little bit later than we chan- we planned on, but we are going to talk about myths and legends and religions and folklore and and how that stuff sort of interacts with popular culture this month. Uh, but first, uh, we have a segment we like to call What's Elevating Our Genre, where we turn you on to what we think is smart and cool out in the geeky world or current or what we happen to be sucking down at the moment. Um, Dom, I went first last time. You're up, brother. What's going down? Okay. Well, in line with myths and legends, I really like Thor Ragnarok quite a ah, lot. Yeah? Um, I still haven't seen it. I, I'm lame. I usually, I even got it two days before you guys did, and I was just too crazy about getting ready to fly 14,000 hours and I didn't say yeah I can understand the hesitation because maybe Thor is lame or I don't know if you're in the the Thor camp or not to me there are Thor people and non-Thor I I I must admit I'm probably a much more non-Thor person are you are you a a Thor positive yeah me too I'm totally like could give a crap about Thor ah okay all right but I'm becoming very fond of him and I don't this is probably like the the least woke kind of attitude change one can have, <laughs> but it's 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 like me learning to love the big alpha guy that is Thor, ah, you know, for okay. better or for worse. No, um, that's true. That's a good point. Also, that's probably why I don't relate to him either. Yeah, he definitely sort of like transmits as alpha dude. Yeah, I hear you. You know, you go through these Marvel movies now where you go with someone who like isn't a core Marvel fan and you have to go mm. through that awkward phase of like watching the film and thinking, um, is this stupid or not? You know, evaluating <laughs> with them, like, you know, I'm getting my fanboy rush, but is this in fact stupid? You have to you're double checking yourself all the time. Interesting. And, it's, and it's partly to do with how the movies are constructed because now they're, they're they're just saying okay you're in our genre now we yes. we don't give a fuck anymore we're not showing you Spider-Man's origin for the seventh time right and on. we also don't care if this stuff makes sense anymore you're just <laughs> you're just in our town right um, the nice thing I would say about Thor Ragnarok is at some point they stop caring about whether they're making a science fiction or a fantasy movie or anything and oh. it just 
somewhere when they're along the rainbow bridge and they just sort of like accidentally divert from it and end up on another planet and it just makes no uh, sense whatsoever but it just becomes right. this great um this colossal mishmash of genres and it, it's okay. terribly fun um, cool all right and also make one little note i uh, i'm liking the way thor talks now oh. people may have issue with it because you know he in canon he's all with the v's and thou's and yes and uh, he's starting to just talk like a general uh, california dude <laughs> um, ah, nice which, which i that's Which, good. That's know, an intelligent. That's a nice piece of writing there. That's intelligent growth. I appreciate that. Yeah, because it's like you know he's he's immigrants here. He would have talked in this way, and he's learning the yeah. natural lingo as you do whenever you move to an, a new country. Yeah, you, know, yeah. You, you if you have basic English or mm. however your English is, you will gradually adopt to uh, your new home. So I think it's just kind of like his, um, you know growing into the world that that he's now in he even says oh my god a lot which is a hilarious thing for <laughs> god to say a which damn, he might I'm... not have said earlier anyway much, yes. but much more on that later but um it's a good right. movie and right. john carpenter-esque 80s disco-ish sci-fi soundtrack oh uh, god john john carpenter's just this music is everywhere right on okay cool man um so for me, uh, I was, as usual, sort of thrashing around in Belgium trying to, you know, create some kind of Halloween-y feel for myself because I am alone in my Halloween um, uh, bubble over here because just Belgium doesn't, doesn't do Halloween well in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I stumbled onto uh, an old book of short stories that I had picked up, I can't remember when or where, uh, by Algernon Blackwood. Do you know this dude? No, but that's a great name. Is that not the most fucking English, Britishy, fucking imperialist name you can come up with? Algernon Blackwood, who writes no shit like crazy psychedelic gothic horror stories um, and ghost stories. He became he so he's actually a contemporary of Lovecraft, which is I don't know for some strange reason in my head like like a, a hard thing to imagine. But actually, Lovecraft <laughs> name checks him um, in some. In one of his journals is actually an influence on him, um, believe it or not. So Algernon Blackwood sort of in his younger days, he's not as popular as he becomes sort of in the 40s and the 50s, it turns out. The BBC wrangles him to do some um, on-air readings of his stuff. And he's got this – you can't be Algernon Blackwood, right, and not have like a killer British fucking storytelling voice, which he, of course he has. Oh, and he okay, tells great. these – great fucking sort of ghost stories that are that are sort of dripping with Britishisms and and he's a he's a damn fine writer as well. I mean he's at the turn of the century, so um he's still influenced by sort of that purpley fucking almost Edgar Allan Poe kind of prose, mm. but it's been pared down now and it just and it seems, you know, it's coming into the modern age and he's dealing with super modern stuff. He the the story that I particularly fell in love with was um, The Insanity of Mr. John Smith. And in this story, it doesn't matter. It deals with this crazy – whether or not this guy is crazy because he's, he, he's convinced about past lives and all this stuff. And he ends up murdering somebody. But the description of the – he uses a gun. He uses a revolver. The description is terrifyingly modern. Um, he talks about the bullet smashing through the guy's eye and like busting out the back of his skull. And it's like – Written in like 1914, and I'm just like, holy shit, they're throwing, mm. he's throwing down on this. Um, and it's got this super fun divergent piece in the middle where he basically astral travels to a house, which is actually the representation of all of his past lives. And it's, it's just gloriously written. It's just beautifully wacky. 
um, while still being having this crazy, like I said, sort of turn of the century flavor, but with this modern sort of bent. Um, and I guess if you're, he doesn't write like Lovecraft in like any way, shape, or form. But if you're into Lovecraft, as as a lot of people are these days, this guy is a bit of an, you know, contemporary and slightly antecedent to him. So you you might you might enjoy his stuff. Um, I kind of fell in love. Um, so anyway, Algernon Blackwood, writer from the turn of the century, check it out. He wrote mostly short stories as well. He's got a few. Obviously, um, also a James Bond villain, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you should you should go to YouTube and 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 Google his shit and like um, and listen to it. He definitely sounds like a Bond. That's you're absolutely right. That's a hundred thousand percent. And he, of course, he lived till he was like seventy five, and he has like a roadmap for a face. Like he's got a wrinkle on every square fucking inch of his face. It's it's amazing. <laughs> and he wears fucking bow ties, like shirts, bow ties, and like blazers. You're right. He's totally a Bond villain. He absolutely should be a Bond villain. If Bond oh, ever fi- fights the supernatural, which he should, by but you know, you there's, there's 37 Bond movies. By by Bond 45, he'll be fighting ghosts. I'm pretty sure. Um, and the the leader of the ghost cult should be fucking Algernon Blackwood. 100,000 percent, as usual, Dom. I love your mind. Okay, aces, aces, man. I'm glad to have learned that. There it is, Algernon Blackwood. Okay, folks. Uh, as most of you know, uh, we are in volume two here, and we are unpacking things on sort of a month-wide basis. Last month was our sci-fi trope month. This month, we are tackling what we're say, calling myths and legends, but l- let's be honest. We're, we're really talking about kind of like mostly primarily old religions and folklore that are getting – that get filtered through into sort of popular culture. Um and we tend to forget that, right? Like we study Greek and Roman quote unquote myths in school, but that's a fucking religion, man. Like that was a religion as, as valid or as real as Christianity or Judaism or Islam was uh, today. The, that was a fucking religion. People believed in this shit. Yeah, we just have to call them myths to um, avoid the ire of the uh, monotheistic mafia, <laughs> right? I mean, is, is that why you think it is, really? You think so? No, no, no. I mean, there's just that that element of it. I mean, if we, we are discussing religion, but if we said we were discussing religion, we would, you know, the, yeah. the Judeo-Christian stuff has a... As as lock on that. Well, yeah, but but I, it's funny. But they still they still allow us to call. Don't we call, consider Hinduism a religion, right? And they have more gods than fucking paper. Oh yeah, no. I mean, yes, obviously Hinduism is a religion. I was just talking about the the way you know some some mythical figures are okay to invade pop culture. Uh, yeah. Because the uh, because they're myths. But if you started to actually call them gods. I'm pretty sure the religious right would would oppose their existence. Interesting. But that may be a that may be a side that. issue. That may that's interesting. I, just, I guess I'm more fascinated with the sort of like <clears throat> religions the the process by which religions turn into the deep deep down generate the next you know fifty fifty generations down mythologies mm. right like they turn into myths and legends and like we're okay acknowledging that like any story about Zeus is a metaphor for x y or z or or whatever the fuck mm. or it's, it's a curiosity it's interesting we're allowed to interact with it that way but if you suggest that like a story about jesus is a myth you know you, again like you said you're gonna you have a chance of getting shot in the face um but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is why those religions uh, kind of kind of suck and it just <laughs> just end like that <laughs> yeah religion. nobody who believes in zeus is gonna shoot you in the face man jesus. You cannot make a super Jesus versus science fiction Armada movie. You, you just wouldn't. Oh, my God. Not for any good reason. Jesus Why Christ. Why not have that movie? 
if time yeah. travel, please, if in the future time travel is invented, please let a little rip in space and time drop a Christ comic through the hole yeah. <laughs> from like 3542 and like have the have Marvel has somehow lasted until 3542 and we finally get the Christ comic. That would be fucking super. Yeah. Oh my God. I want you to, how do, what was, what is his outfit really quick? We're going to sidebar into Jesus Christ as a superhero people. What is well, Christ's outfit? He's, he's got already sort of a doctor strange. Outfit of <laughs> the crust, and it was sick. I'm gonna say, oh, I'm gonna start the... saying all the wrong things. I mean, like, okay, it's all right. You're, you're the one living if... in America, so you're you're you are much more in danger of getting shot in the face than me. So, yeah, bring it on, Roy Moore. Whatever. The, if the crucifix was part of his costume, I mean, that would be the first, yeah, superhero costume that actually involves part of the uh, nice, yeah, that as a design element. Sure. And... Okay. So he's got like a cross, like on the, on his front, <clears throat> the front of his front of his outfit. Is such a yeah, it's a really bulky one made out of some mm. dense wood or metal. And um, oh my god, so he's a suit guy. You think he's a suit guy? He's like an Iron Man. He's like he has no superpowers, but he wears a suit. And he has a suit. Um. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why I mean, not? A crucifix that, suit. That, that, I dig it. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it. The, I dig it. He's enhancing. You know, enhancing his already psychic mutant powers. All right, I'm with you. Okay, cool. Okay, Which yeah, yeah. Involve turning water into wine and stuff like that, which doesn't come up that often when you're fighting Doctor Doom or yeah. Well, he can Dr. like heal. Doom. Maybe he's just the the, the party's the Avengers healer. Maybe he's just like one of those lame. Um, who was the healer in the New Mutants? Not uh, actually, they didn't have one, did they? Did the New Mutants have a healer? Oh. No, no, yeah, but I know there's always there's, there's always, always like Cipher, you know, like Cipher of, uh, the New Mutants, that, like who's kind of useless, but yeah, like whatever, he's got to be there. Has like an administrative power. <laughs> yes, right. Like, so he's a healer. So he's heal a healer. people, work out, you know, passwords on the internet, shit like that. There you go. All right, and when he's got to go fight, um, he has he gets into his his crucifix suit and goes and fights. But otherwise, his right. power is healing. All right, I'm, I'm satisfied with that. So, um, <laughs> what will happen? <laughs> wow. And again, just just to say that. It is also a form of myth and legend. It's just that some have a certain Jesus has a certain you know, tear that you. You can't pierce right uh, now, but honestly, I honestly right. think you know, two hundred two hundred years from now, three hundred years from now, maybe whatever, a thousand years from now, he'll he'll there'll be a Christ comic if that medium is still around. Whatever, it'll be pop culture. Why not? Speaking of which, so the other thing I thought would be fun to, to sort of look at is like, like sort of what religions and myths and folklores as how do they intersect with pop culture particularly obviously in the west and just to remind people obviously we study greek and roman myths in school but that isn't you know that hasn't always been the case but you know that was that was pretty established from early on and i think that's pretty much because quote-unquote classical you know schooling involved learning latin and ancient greek right and so these Mm. these these gods came along with that so you kind of had to have a grounding in that to even understand reading shit like Caesar's Gaul and everything else, who the fuck are these guys praying to? So I think that's how it's, that's my, again, ladies and gentlemen, I am not a sociologist in any way, shape or form. I don't know. That's my weird guess, but yeah. Well, it has something to do with, and again, no actual history here, just thinking out loud. Mm. They were the, uh, they were very popular pantheon that permeated Western Europe and that all gravitated over into our, Right, and I mean school learning as well. Yeah, I mean, there's that, and I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that, like, obviously, the Roman Empire was so, <clears throat> you know, is is the you know the Greeks are credited with quote unquote creating, you know, Western civilization, and Rome is quote unquote, you know, the Greeks and Rome at some point in time, I don't know which shifts between the two, created with you know, 
They made the Senate. They made democracy, whatever. Um, yeah. So, I, and again, and they those, named the planets. So you were kind of wondering. They named how the planets. The planet yeah, right. Name. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, what is that referring to? Yeah. What is yeah, this Eurydice? So, uh, so we end up having to know about this. Stuff yeah. Who the fuck is Jupiter? Low level or high level, depending on. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Like science. Like science is invented sort of out of that. And they, well, Western version of science is invented, and they glom onto that. Speaking of when science is invented, actually, Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so Egyptology has its turn, right? Like the Egy- Egyptian myths. Um, for those that don't know, uh, at the turn of the century, speaking of which, when Algernon Blackwood and all these people are running around, at the turn of the century, Egyptology explodes, right? It turn- literally turns into a fad, right? In Again, in, in, in Europe, in North America, it goes through England, it goes through America, and it really stays a fad for a good 20, you know, t- almost 30 years, really from the turn of the century into the late into the 20s uh, until the Great Depression hits. It's... It's a crazy, you know. It's it's when, of course, the uh, a lot of the quote unquote discoveries. Of course, they've been sitting there for years. And if they bothered to talk to any Egyptians, it wouldn't be a discovery. But the pyramids are being excavated um, or quote unquote raided, as if you wish, um, by the West. And Egyptology just becomes this huge thing. There are stage shows, um, touring touring museum pieces. People are writing books. Um, a lot of people – this is also the rise of spiritualism and so those things get inter, intimately intertwined with occultism, right, with the rise of the Golden Dawn, the Society of the Golden Dawn. All of this stuff starts to really intermingle with like spiritualism and um, um, you know, quote-unquote weird scientific studies trying to prove the existence of ectoplasm and it all gets wrapped up into the Egyptian mythology like – Horus is invoked all the time. Oh, okay. Isis becomes a hu- it becomes a household a household name. Um, hieroglyphics are are like become you know like a fashion accessory uh, and things like that. Like all of this stuff gets all intertwined, and so um, the Egi- yeah. the Egyptian gods sort of get their turn around that time. And then I don't know you again. I know sometimes you you you're not a huge um, novelization fan all the time, but like Babylonian myths kind of got a weird crack in the two thousands. Um, Snow Crash, uh, Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash sort of brings in Enki and Nam Shub and all of these these words that people are vaguely familiar with now, and that kind of it's this it's this pantheon that is pre Greek mythology and pre Egypt uh, mythology as well. It's literally sort of Babylonian, um, and they sort of get a little bit of a run there, and uh, believe it or not, in some sci fi books because they're sort of foundational and there's some apparently some wacky i'm not guys i'm not 21st century literate i cannot program a computer but apparently in programming um you know a lot of those guys get super geeky about the fact that they're sort of creating a language and so you go back to the babylonian myths and believe it or not in the babylon some of the babylonian myths they are very interested in sort it's not only is it obviously not obviously maybe people don't know this you know cuneiform one of the first forms of written language on clay tablets um, those gods are interested in language as well, and so super geeky programmers are, you know, make that connection. And if you haven't read Snow Crash, you can sort of pick up this sort of the, uh, directly. He's referencing um, Gilgamesh and, and Enki and 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 Nam Shub and all of these guys, um, which are the Babylonian gods. And I think that Greg Bear, I think if I'm not mistaken, also has a Babylonian god reference in a, a couple of his his sci-fi sprawling things and all of that shit. Um, does Babylon Five have anything to do with? That? I have and never. This is how much I, I don't this is know about this is where I admit I have never. I've seen exactly two episodes of Babylon Five. It's on my list to do a watch through because I feel like 
my geek just card. Just to see if Gilgamesh shows up. Just right? to see if Gilgamesh shows up, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, or, or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have no idea. So someone smarter than uh, – someone who's a Babylon 5 fan, please let us know if that actually has anything to do with the Babylonian myths or not. Um, then, of course, uh, you get uh, the Indian myth. I jumped, sorry. I went jumped straight to the 2000s. We got to backtrack a little bit uh, in Western culture at least. Uh, Indian mythology, and obviously by that we sort of – I mean Hinduism and the, and the, the mixtures of spiritualities over there, some, some Buddhist and Dharmic and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mythology obviously lands in the states in the '60s, um, and I think it's perfectly fine to blame um, the Beatles for that, um, or at least John Lennon. Uh, <laughs> that that becomes or thank the Beatles or thank them. Like yes, the you can do whatever you want to do there. Yeah, however, that works. Doesn't that's this. It might about the Beatles, but or okay. it might have happened without them. I don't know. Maybe the hippies would have would have just brought over, um, uh, you know, yogic meditation and meditation. I mean, yoga and yoga and meditation and by themselves, and and the um, and some of the the Hindu uh, practices and and gods came over with that. Like all of a sudden, you know, you have twenty year old twenty year old American um, American women running around invoking Shiva and shit um, in the sixties in the late sixties. And that becomes a thing. Uh, yeah, it's interesting how, for my money, it didn't actually cross over into pop culture from there. It really landed as a more like an actual spiritual practice because um, I do feel like that mythology is deeply undermined for um, – by undermined, I don't mean undermined. I mean under-accessed uh, um, oh, yeah. in some pop culture stuff. But it's there. At least the religion gets a little bit of a spotlight shown on it and that mythology – and maybe that's why, because out of everything we've talked about is ancient, right? And this is also ancient, but current. It's a current religion. It's, it's, it's living, and I think it's, it's living. That's a good more, word for it. Thank you. Um, as as opposed to there aren't that many that many practicing Thor worshippers, relatively, and who, who knows what the rules and regs are about creating, you know, Shiva the super comic which is interesting because there is i actually own a well a version of shiva it's called devi a devi comic that i bought in india because now for years i don't know were you aware of this richard branson deep of of virgin airlines and virgin media and deepak chopra and uh, a a very popular indian Indian film director if you don't know him named shaka kapoor got together and formed virgin comics which is now liquid comics with the express intent to use "quote unquote" Asian mythology and make them superheroes, um, and when, when they say Asian, uh, they basically mean Indian, right? As far as I, as far as I know, anything I've got my hands on doesn't. I mean, they did a few Buddhist Buddha comics, but I don't think they treated him like a superhero. I don't know, but they specifically are mining Indian mythology uh, for and turning them into comics since about two thousand six, um, and they're still wow. out there. Um, did not know that. Yeah, it's interesting. There, I don't. I yeah. I think the intention originally was to launch them in India and then have them get so popular they they bled over into the U.S. But that really, I don't think that really happened too much um, in certain circles. They've recently apparently sort of are now, of course, doing what everybody's doing in comics and now focusing on quote unquote, you know, media, you know, movie and mm. TV stuff. Uh, so they're trying to do that thing. Um, but apparently, they're still producing comics as well. Um, yeah, so that's interesting that that has been happening, at least in India. Again, I don't – when I was there, I didn't necessarily get the sense that they were like a big deal. I bought a bunch out of a you know a bargain bin for like two bucks, um, and I didn't 
see them everywhere, but of course I wasn't everywhere, mm. um, and nor am I any kind of expert on Indian lifestyles. But I was in two of the biggest cities in the south, and one in the south, one in the north. So I don't know. I don't know if they're a big thing over there or not. Um, but there is that. Yeah, and this is just with my creative head on, not as a religious person at all. But you do want to mind those stories because they're the best stories you know they've got it all they're pre-mapped out with the the pageantry yeah the creation myth the, the the struggle and um they're technically public domain so yes right thing that makes, ain't gotta pay anything makes them so attractive yeah you man. and i could write a you know a new perseus story right now or a new medusa story and no yep. one would at least no one would claim to own it this is correct. Um, so that's why the, that's another way they infiltrate our pop culture. There's always some level of mm. that, you know, when they launch a new universe, like you're saying, it's like, oh, well, this is a, you know, this is this is a great character that just anyone can use. In yep. a way, it's a wet dream for people who want yeah. to uh, start a media empire. <laughs> there you go. Or or continue Again, their media side, empire side being Richard Branson and Deepak Chopra and Sheikha Kapoor. Um yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, what, so that was all just a little bit of groundwork, I think, just to try to get us all sort get us all oriented to Western culture and this idea of rating ancient religions for our media properties. And now let's dig specifically into these myths as they cross over to comics. Hey, with a little bit of a segue there, going from these the, these recent Indian Indian mythology, Hindu sort of um, uh, influenced comics into. Um, into American comics. So, I mean, the Norse gods in a Marvel pretty much show up right away, right? Like Stan Lee gets, I guess, probably fatigued in terms of like creating superheroes. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, uh, all right, Thor, fuck it. Um, he reaches out and grabs Thor from what I understand. At least that's what happened. Right. Cause Thor is a bit of a late addition, late addition, but I mean, he's, he shows up into journey into mystery. Um, late addition in Stanley's golden age in Stanley's golden age. And, and he just gets, and he just drops him in. Right. Um, uh, which is kind of a crazy leap, if you ask me. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty fascinating that this is here's a guy who's using sort of basically weird characters that are created from science experiments gone wrong. Spider Man, mm. the Hulk, um, uh, the X Men aren't science experiments gone wrong, but the idea is that genetics gone funky, right? So science again. Um, Captain America, science experiment gone. I guess, right, yeah. um, I guess, um, or whatever. Uh, you know, it's all science-based, and then his brain just flips to the, what I think some people <laughs> would consider the opposite, right? Which is like, okay, yeah. and now here's a god. Poink! <laughs> like, yeah. where the fuck did that come from? It was a leap, and it's all, um, and Thor, it, it, it made it made extra no sense, right? Thor was always the piece that didn't fit because you had to, they had to be gods and like, you know, yeah, alongside these humans who just had their gadget go wrong. And, you know, people are basically in our universe, but we're within the pseudoscience, you know, uh, allowed by that universe. But no, now here's some gods. So yeah, though, I'm, I'm agree with you. It's definitely a, a, a leap in it, a strange. It's just um, a weird one to make. Like, I just, I just don't. And, and why? Norse mythology in the 60s he's going to Norse mythology I you know as far as I know like I mean I don't think Stan Lee has like a fucking degree in like the Icelandic sagas or any shit or anything like that right. or whatever like it's just 
why didn't because what shocks me is that there's no reason why it shouldn't be Hercules, right? Like there's no reason whatsoever, <laughs> right? Because that dude is on the tip of everybody's tongue, I would imagine. And Thor, like, do we do people even know who the fuck Thor was at that time? Like, I don't even know. Like, maybe. But well, just, I mean, and he's got a hammer. I mean, that's pretty cool. Hercules is not known. Hercules has a fucking club, right? Which is dumb as shit, um, which is boring. So maybe it's Miljorn um, or whatever and, that attracts isn't him. Isn't Hercules a bit of, is, is he from the Greek area of things? Yes. So it's a, for some reason, since that's foundational in America, uh, maybe that's a little bit more revered. Or that's maybe interesting it's point. Noirs with the sort of thing. I mean, I again don't know, and it could be as simple as there were so many beautiful stories in that Norse mythology. It's just that thing which is like, oh wow, I just can um, repurpose all this, and it's public right. domain. And look, they're already superheroes with all these stories and magic right. already written out for them. That is true, and like it's Me. magic, right? It's magic, right? And it's kind of sword and sorcery. Whereas Greek, I don't know for you, for me, the Norse mythology feels so much more D and D than like mm-hmm. the Greek mythology, which just feels kind of Greeky, right? Like it's like they're, they're mm. Greeky. It's about like you know super pissed off like philanderers and like weird just petty revenge stories. Whereas in North mythology, it's like yeah, blood yeah. feuds and like wizards and dudes with one eyes and staffs and trolls and giants. And fuck, maybe it was the influence of Tolkien at the time. Not that Tolkien was huge at the time. Cause he wasn't super popular when he first dropped, but maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there was, it's the sixties. Maybe it's a little bit of mysticism. There's a little bit of like mysticism back in the air in the sixties. And, and yeah, Norse feels more mystic than, you know, fucking Delphic oracles and like, you know, just basically Zeus yeah. turning into a bull and impregnating chicks. Um, right, right. No, absolutely. You're right. It has something, <laughs> it has something to do with the quality of the stories and uh, the D and D-ness that, uh, that the Norse <laughs> myths lend themselves to. And then there are all these dark ancestral unpleasant stories that are, you know, <laughs> right. Really underneath all the Greek stuff that, you know, perhaps they just, <laughs> just didn't want to fuck with, didn't want to deal with. Yeah. Quick side note on that. Though, I'm sorry, go ahead. There's that moment in the Justice League versus Avengers crossover where Wonder Woman comes face to face with Hercules. They meet and they're crossing the Marvel and DC universes again. So they don't actually they don't actually have a history together. Mm-hmm. Um, but they meet and Wonder Woman says something to the effect of, are you not Hercules, the fiend who despoiled Hippolyta? Um, uh-huh. And Hercules kind of plays it off like, uh, maybe I did that, and then Wonder Woman punches him in the face. Yay! But again, it, 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 it recalls those weird Greek stories and the yes. possible different interpretations of them. And um, Right, and it is. I think that is interesting that maybe that's why Stanley avoided them, that maybe that they were... Yeah, they're just like, there's something seedy about the Greek and Roman myths, right? Like, they're just like, they're just, they're kind of gross um, on sure. one, <laughs> one super level. Because it's just, it's, it's you know, now looking back on it, I really do wonder, living at the time, if people were like, holy shit, these fucking gods are just petty us's, right? Like, I mean, that's all they are, is like, they're just us, just with like, obscene amounts of power, ready to fucking fuck all our shit up, so... I don't know, but maybe I, I, I think maybe sort of the, the weird mysticism fantasy thing is starting to take hold in the 60s and, uh, you know, weird fantasy is starting to come up. The Conan books have been written. That kind of stuff is starting to take hold and 
like I said, yeah, the Norse myths have sort of, you know, hammers and swords and wizards and shit. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> so also you bring up sort of one of the other things I wanted to talk about, like, uh, so I am completely unqualified to do this. So I don't know if you are or not. So let me just throw this out there. Shall we compare the DC and Marvel, particularly the Greek gods, like against each other? Like, because <laughs> like the Greek gods in Marvel are so like second rate, right? Like, I mean, Hercules is nothing but like a second rate Thor for sure. Um, when Zeus shows up, he's just kind of a a, a a wuss, if I remember correctly. Like, and I don't, rem- I can't even remember. I don't even remember Marvel Zeus. Exactly, right? Like, I don't remember Marble Zeus, but they obviously exist because Hercules is running around. Um, I'm sorry, I can't even, there's, I haven't, I don't remember Hermes, I don't remember an Apollo, I don't remember any of these motherfuckers. Well, um, the Marvel did the Eternals, right? So, right, so they skipped over them, is that the idea? Yeah, the Eternals were a variation on all those gods, but with a science fiction background, right? We're talking Cersei, Mercury. Yes. Or, okay. So in in, Dude, in the remember? eternal in the no, I see. I'm bad. I'm bad with the co- Marvel cosmic shit. So in the Eternals are sort of different versions of them. Is that the idea? Yeah, and oh. that's an interesting point, which we really should talk about. Like at at some point, uh, it, it was okay to deploy gods and myths in the superhero universe, but they were actually giving an alternate explanation for them or an alternate interest background okay for i them, missed this which which has something to do with you know they were created by the celestials a billion years ago and dinosaurs or whatever and they so they started it was basically just a repackaging of you know they they had mercury but they oh. but they'd spell it differently like macari they had cersei and they okay. had uh who's that guy who flew too too close to the sun icarus uh, right okay which is interesting because, like, the Norse myths are the Norse myths. Like, there's a fucking Asgard, right? Like, you go to Asgard and you hang out with Odin and Heimdall and, like, Freya and Frigg. They're, like, they're pretty fully fleshed out characters with their own. I think they, I think Marvel decided to eventually call it a dimension. Is that right? Is Asgard a dimension? Yeah. I mean, That's there's what a that period is, right? of walking back or, you know, re re explaining where they come from. And it's always towards. There's, the celestial there's a more, thing. okay. Yeah, the celestial thing. There's a more science fiction background. They're okay. actually a form of alien with, and you know, oh. Thor even says it in the first movie. You know, our science and uh, you know sorcery are one and the same. Oh, and right. all this, you know, whether it's intentional or not, what it ends up is doing is, in a way, uh, demythologizing these characters for. Uh, and placing them in a quote-unquote rational explanation in in, uh, in the universe they've created. Right, that makes um, sense. And so they, they do have versions of all these other pantheons, but they um, they tend to be, um, you know, rejiggered. Into a science uh, fiction sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. But in, and in DC, do you know how they're handled? Because I, again, outside of Wonder Woman, that's the only... I think that's the only mythological-based character um, I even know about in DC that 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 has ever crossed my path. Like, but apparently they have yeah, a, yeah. A, a they have a Zeus as well, and and uh, well, of course, Wonder Woman's one of Wonder Woman's arch nemesis, and, and and she even makes it into the film as Ares, right? Like, so yeah, he's the fucking god of war. So these fucking guys are crawling around as well, right? So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> from my understanding, 
Wonder Woman in her original conception was this uh, was a character borrowed from all those aspects of Greek mm. myth, right? right. And um, right, so really just a case of borrowing um, a bunch of ideas that were cool. And I believe they only, I believe they only start fleshing out the um, the connections to Ares and the the broader mm. uh, mythology. Well, I say recently, relatively recently, like in right. the '80s or something. Right, 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 right. But, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, like, I don't, th- I don't think that be, she was just like from the Amazons for a long time, and then uh, mm. they start being specific about uh, about that stuff. Uh, places that have more, you know, more historical um, reference, like like the Mascara, which I, mm. which I, I understand is somewhere near Turkey. I guess it's a real place. <laughs> yes. Or it's supposed to be in, near Turkey. Yeah. Um, but that's a cool thing because uh, Wonder Woman starts out as a hybridization. Mm. Um, she's not a specific myth that we right. um, that was worshipped back in the old days, but uh, but she uh, but she's composed out of all those myths: Diana, right. the Amazons, and, and then what I, I did not. That one. <laughs> What, then what I did not know is there are Eastern European Amazons, um, which I learned from my Eastern European wife, um, and her first film is called Amazons and is based off of some of those mm-hmm. myths, which is uh, this weird mixture of everything we've already talked about, which is this warrior tribe. They have one breast, um, but they are a, a tribe of, of women fighters from Eastern Europe um, who get that title, and I don't know how they get that title. Um, and she is not really aware of it either. Um, it's just part of the folklore that she she got growing up is um, mm-hmm. as a Romanian uh, girl with a with a. She grew up with her grandmother who is from the countryside, right? Um, who eventually then moved into the city to become a veterinarian assistant. But it, mm. part of that stuff was part of the stories that her grandmother would tell her was was about Amazons, and they weren't Greek Amazons; they were Romanian Amazons. They were Eastern European Amazons. So that this this oh. tradition exists in a couple of different places. So yeah, yeah so when that we talk, makes sense to me because that's yeah. the kind of sheer myth that could transmit across cultures. You know, because mm. every culture, every country has women, and you know, mm-hmm. the, the, there's a story about those women. If it's a very powerful story, it would just you know. Right. Pick up in different versions in different places. Right. I mean, right? Exactly. Without the specificity of the of the naming and the, you know, like how the the and Klingons he, thought that the uh, Klingon guy wrote Shakespeare. Just a, <laughs> a, a, extremely extremely poor analogy. Anyway, sorry. Go on. But there you go. Uh, that's fine. I like it. Um, yeah, and. I'm forgetting my point here. Uh, but outside of the fact that it's just you know it's interesting that. Uh, the gentleman who created Wonder Woman, who is skipping my, my name is escaping me, William, whatever his name was. Marston. Marston, thank you. Um, is borrowing from that all of that mythology. And I think it is right, yeah, you're talking about sort of a super patriarchal dominated area like superheroes back in the day. And of course he thinks, okay, woman fighter, woman superhero, woman fighter, what's, what's the word everybody's going to respond to? Oh, Amazon, obviously, right? So um, <clears throat> I think that tends to make a lot of sense. Um, that, yeah, totally. that, that's what he sort of that's the mythology he reaches for um which is something yeah. that people will recognize right and for those that maybe don't know there were lots of there were lots of female characters early on in comics except they they always were cat related 
<laughs> right cat burglars cat women um uh you're you know right. you're right there's something every there. chick is in a fucking cat suit right and again so again that's a that's a bit lazy you know lazy male writers like okay women are feminine and they're feline and blah 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 so cat cat chicks so wonder woman shows up thank god with no cat motif but is another but has another sort of uh, you know, association um, related with her about women warriors, but again, again, you could probably argue that's from a patriarchal point of view. But whatever, there's you there's could, that. but it still ends up giving a, tre- a tremendous amount of depth and history. She's not, you know, avocado milkshake woman or something. She's she, she's not that science hero. <laughs> yes, she didn't. Yeah, she definitely not get her powers from an avocado milkshake gone wrong. Um, and if you guys are super interested in Wonder Woman, we do have a, a Wonder Woman podcast with the amazing Kimmy Balcom on as a guest who is much more of a, a Wonder Woman scholar than we are and, uh, and is amazing uh, yes. in her own right. Please, She's do. so good at this stuff. But yeah, so yes. go check that out if you if you want another uh, more another a, a deeper cut on Wonder Woman. Um, now I'm about to blow your mind, I think, because I had no idea this was a thing. And this Please may not do. be. This may be more significant to me than than it is to you. Do you know in the DC goddamn comics universe there is a fucking Monkey King? Uh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, I sort of knew, but uh, I, I. But go ahead, blow my mind. Oh well, that's it. That's all. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even have a backup for this shit. Like I. I know nothing. So just real quick for people who don't know. So a little bit of Chinese mythology here. Um, again, you could say falls in the realm of legend or whatever. The Monkey King is uh, a very important. Um, figure uh in in chinese mythology particularly he he's everything from basically a superhero on down to sort of a trickster um also sort of yeah. a lot of trickster, people claim the inspiration superhero. for wong the, the character of wong fei hung um is the monkey king transferred into a human is, as a human being if you know what that means then that's great if you don't know wong fei hung has probably in terms of as a, as a character on screen for film the most appearances of any character a character named wong fei hung um for those that like weird cinema history stuff. Uh, but I had no idea DC, uh, yeah, there's a monkey fucking King. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about yeah. it. Sorry. Um, but th- that's an interesting point because the monkey King is such an important character, uh, in Chinese mythology and not used in our pop culture on this side of the world so much, but you know, very popular oh, on the other side, yeah. over in China. A, a thousand comic books, a thousand different costumes. He yeah. he is like an an amazing yeah. superhero, just by the you know totally rule, rules of superhero stories. He's got uh, magic powers. He's a fighter. He has it, it has it all has to do with Journey to the West and the quest to bring these Buddhist scrolls from India and China. You know, just like as as important a story as it, anything, the Bible, Mahabharata, whatever. And, it's, and yeah, yeah, and if you are interested at he's all, he's got this great cudgel that can either be a kid shrink down for it into pin sized or become the size of a battleship. Um, so, <laughs> point, he's right for being a superhero, and he's yeah. never it's it's never quite happened over here. It's uh, yeah, that's interesting. The, the, and if it, there have been many attempts at it, uh, but it's uh, it mm. hasn't landed with the force of a Thor or Wonder Woman, which yeah. is as simple as just like those. That story isn't in our whatever grade school upbringing or our, 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 our Disney <laughs> administered upbringing. That's um, yeah, that's true. Oh God, that's true. Yeah. I guess it is a countdown. It's probably a countdown to a monkey King Disney movie, isn't it? Oh my God. That'll be terrible. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but if you're interested in that folks, there is a million and one movies, uh, featuring the monkey King. In fact, there was a dueling monkey King movies back in 2000, oh, fuck 13, I think. So Donnie Yen took on the character <laughs> right. at one point <laughs> and fucking, at, yeah. right against fucking Stephen Chow, taking on the the monkey king at the same time so they literally i think came out back to back um 
And if I remember yeah. right, Donnie Yen's, however, is in 3D or whatever was the was the distinguishing quality. Unfortunately, I can recommend neither of those movies. They are both garbage. Um, but anyway, um, they are they're just kind of overblown um, CGI fight fests, which is disappointing because I it's it's a really rich character and. Uh, I was yeah. excited to see Donnie Yen and Stephen Chow play fucking the Monkey King, and, and, and I got something a little less than I, I, I wanted. But Well, as far as I know, they might be uh, equivalent to, you know, their, the Daredevil, <laughs> the first Daredevil version. <laughs> Daredevil. I don't know if there's a superlative version of the Monkey King That's a good story, question, which to, I... me, to my mind would be yeah. high tech. A lot animated and mm. um, not have you know not have too much pesky humans trying to do monkey king things. Monkey it would king. be even fucking leaping off buildings into the sky and shit like that. Well, I mean, it's basically yeah. it's really those two movies are basically that, really, dude. They're 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 uh, they're, all right. they're well, CGI crazy fests. I mean, yeah, no, they they like leap into skies and fight on flying boulders and 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 stuff like that. So I mean, maybe it was my intention. And actually, I think I saw both of them on planes. Now that I'm thinking about it, so that might have not been a great <laughs> great experience. So, but whatever. Um, uh, and there, and there's many, many more Monkey King movies, guys, than 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 those two. Like I said, those are the, sort of the more recent um, adaptations. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to slog through Journey to the West, I've tried twice and I've failed miserably both times. Um, you, uh, Maxine Hong Kingston has a great uh, has a great book called Tripmaster Monkey, which sort of deals sort of a modern, interesting, you know, deals. That's one of the first place where I encountered the Monkey King. There's actually a a couple yeah. of Monkey King plays um, that are westernized, which are which are kind of easy to get your hands on and, and sort of so you can grok that mythology. Um, for a while, God, I remember I think it might have been one of the first videos I ever watched online was uh, a Chinese opera, Monkey King. And if you've never seen – the other thing about the Monkey King in Chinese opera, it's a, it's a quote-unquote traditional starring role, meaning – but not for leads, right? Uh, not for romantic leads. It's a starring role for the most acrobatic motherfucker in the troupe, which if you know Chinese right. opera means that the most acrobatic motherfucker in the troupe is the most acrobatic motherfucker amongst, amongst a bunch of acrobatic motherfuckers. So it is a feat of human skill to even watch just five minutes of a Monkey King performance, guys. It will it – will, it will blow your little mind open um, and it's, as, it, as it did mine in the early 90s. Now this was before – most of us saw a bunch of the the really acrobatic, you know, wuxia kind of kung fu, you know, the, the martial arts films that were, were to come over and influence us. So it may be as a little less impressive now, but also just watch it and you, it's it'll blow your mind. Um, the the performance of what the, what the performer who is the Monkey King has to, the skills, the several skills that 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 performer has to master is is truly mind boggling. Um, but anyway, yeah. so, uh, so I don't know. I've never gotten my hands on the Monkey King, uh, DC Comics version of the Monkey King. Um, I have, a, I have a feeling it would be humorous. Um, but there's that. There's, a, there is a comics version that I'm very fond of ah. in my youth, and that's the one like I'd sentimentally hope would be the, uh, ah. would be the way he was visualized. And um, oh, cool. And was that know, was that from a particular sure, comic sure. Uh, editor? Um, comics? Def- definitely, definitely Chinese origin. Definitely oh, cool. a, a different right. context from what we're talking about. I just said happened to have one. And yeah, I don't. Super cool. I I have, I have no knowledge about the DC version. Of yeah. Tim. Okay, so there's Monkey King, and so I don't want to give short shrift to. What's also interesting to me is that the Egyptian gods don't play a huge role in either mythology, from what I understand. Right? There's no major. There's no major god, and in fact, the only Egyptian god that I could really think that was even related to a major Marvel superhero, and he's not even major. He's super. 
guess, would you consider Moon Knight B-list or C-list? Oh, Moon Knight is awesome. Yes, Moon Knight's totally awesome, but is he? B, but he's like a he's like a C-lister, right? I mean, like he's never had his heyday, right? I mean, and there's a couple of reasons why. I I, I don't want to turn this into a Moon Knight podcast, but like for those that don't know, Marvel Comics has a character named Moon Knight. He has, for my money, one of the best costumes fucking ever designed. It's all white. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's head to toe. He wears a hood. If Batman wore all white. It's, it's basically if Batman wore all white. Yes. Exactly. I agree with you with it's a cool costume. It's practical. He has a crescent moon on his chest. He's got this kick ass, full, like, executioner's hood, white cape. He looks badass. The problem is, he is so obviously Marvel Comics cribbing of Batman, it is disturbing, right? That he's a billionaire, <laughs> except he's a billionaire instead of from Wayne Industries. He's a billionaire mercenary, um, which kind of makes him a dick, um, which is kind of interesting. Again, that's his Batmaniness, right? Like he's got to be a little bit of a yeah. revenge obsessed dick. So he's a mercenary who is a dickhole uh, who gets killed somehow, I can't remember. Um, by somebody that he wronged in his mercenary past. I'm doing the original origin here because I don't know the new updated stuff. Um, and then when he dies, he's so consumed with revenge. Khonshu, an Egyptian god nobody fucking has ever heard of, the god of revenge, apparently, at least according to Marvel Comics. That is my dog running around in the background. Um, at, uh, comes to him and resurrects him as Moon Knight for no goddamn reason, giving him a European warrior name even though Khonshu is an Egyptian god and he is kind of the embodiment of Khonshu on Earth. And he wakes up and he still has his fortune, so he basically is known for, like, the Moon Knight copter and, like, the Moon Knight... He's got Moon Knight-themed mm-hmm. everything in the 70s, right? It's, it's, a, it's a complete cribbing of Batman. Yeah. But he looks unbelievably <laughs> like, cool. And he has so cool. vaguely... And he's got this Egyptian theme to his Bat Cave, so his Moon Knight Cave, and, like, everything he has is, like... Yeah. slightly crescent moony or with like a Horus head for no goddamn reason because again yeah. Khonshu isn't Horus but whatever. And what is that thing called? The Ankh? Or is that yeah and he's the, got I, an Ankh somewhere. It's design it's... elements in his costume. Yeah. yeah. It's... So he's definitely powered by an Egyptology uh, fetish at minimum and again I don't know what the, if that turns right. out to be a real god or not Khonshu but um. he apparently is in the Marvel which means obviously the Egyptian mythology sort of exists somewhere else as well and like I don't know if they ever treat that like they treat Asgard it's another dimension or whatever or um or whatever the fuck um so yeah yeah I have no, no idea. That, yeah, that, that's that's the one that comes to my mind too. Um, and is there one? In, is there is there any Egypt reference in DC? Like I can't think of one. I mean, I'm sure at some point somebody had Horus or Anubis or somebody show up. But I mean, is anybody even a, uh, even remotely a presence? Have to get back to you on that one, just because yeah. there's so many goddamn people in the Justice League. <laughs> and you know, also, well, also like. The answer to this, folks, is something like at, at one point around like when they were doing all the event series, they didn't make a conscious point of like having a superhero representative from every nation on Earth just because they would think uh, that was fair. Yeah, this is this is total sidebar again, but you know. So it's probably <clears> some <throat> Egypt influenced dude running around who might have been a god. It might have been godlike reference. Yeah, just um, out of fairness, sort of the <laughs> yeah, right. nations kind of concept they invented, you know, in the an Israeli superhero and a Tasmanian superhero and just said that they were around. They're also in the mix just because just because it seemed ridiculous that, you know, that it wouldn't happen. Yes. Right. There are only 900 super there are 900 superheroes and like 800 of them are, are in New York. <laughs> anyway, blah, blah, blah. And also, and also gives them uh, a way to 
you know, play with all the mythologies from all these different um, cultures and countries. And whether that's a good right. thing or not, it, it is a uh, is a fun thing in the comics universe and has a lot of potential. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, because yeah, because I couldn't, th- I could, I definitely couldn't think of one except. I mean, I guess does Doc Doctor Fate has a vague, again in the magic realm, again with this weird crossover from the twenties. I seem to remember uh, like Doctor Fate yeah. and them having right. something, and they invoke some some of the Egypt myths. I think in the magic I realm think you're in DC. Right. I, I think. I, I think he also uses that symbology, and that's uh, that's somewhere in his origin story. Ah, and, uh, okay. I think he was an Egyptologist, if I'm not mistaken. I think he gets the helmet from a fucking pyramid, right? I don't know. I can't remember. All right. I suck. We suck. We're doing bad <laughs> podcasting. We're just guessing now. <laughs> All right. We're, we're bad at Dr. Awful. Fate. Dr. Fate, someday you'll get your day. Yes. By the way, I, another one of my favorite costumes. I know if that's a coincidence. Dr. Fate and Moon Knight, both great costumes. Both definitely C-list. Yeah, d- d- yeah Dr. The, Fate. What a cool both from fucking the, helmet. The, the mythology that we know the least about. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. The... um. But, um, yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's, it's whatever. Um, all right. But I doc- would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Judeo-Christian God. Because okay, here's the deal, man. Because this dude makes an appearance occasionally, right? First of all, it's crazy pants, but there is a, there is a Judeo-Christian God that makes an appearance in Marvel. But I'm not going to talk about that shit because I don't want to. Because here, here's what is the thing I do know about deeply about the Marvel mythology. There's a fucking hell, right? There's a fucking hell like they go right after mm. hell they leave god alone and this is what's funny about this is that you're right almost everybody does this right like hell is so much goddamn more interesting than heaven <laughs> that yeah if you have an, an ip that lasts a long time that pretends to involve magic or myth, myths and legends and stuff like that the devil's gonna show up right it's either the devil himself or it's a demon of some kind or, or you're going to go to hell. You're just going to go there, right? Supernatural is is all based around, like the TV show Supernatural hmm. is basically based around the concept that there's a hell and God is actually physically missing, right? Preacher, same thing, right? God is missing, there's a hell, what does that mean? Uh, ah. Lucifer, in, Lucifer in fucking, in the DC Comics universe, Lucifer gets bored of hell and goes and wanders the earth, which is brought up in the Sandman comics, right? There's always a goddamn hell. I find this really yeah. fascinating. Um, I think this is deeply interesting to me. Uh, angel mythology starts to weave itself in always after they run out of like hell mythology, of course. So angels start showing up. Right. Azrael becomes a character or, or Uriel or Michael or whoever. Never the big ones. Never St. Peter or any of those guys because that's for some reason sacrosanct. But man, people will throw in a fucking Mistopheles. They'll throw in... Mephisto, they'll throw in Asmodeus, they'll throw in all the demonology shit, which is from the 1600s, by the way, which is basically invented, guys, if you don't know demonology, was actually purported to be a quote-unquote science at one point in time, and it was just dudes sitting around getting fucking high and making stuff up, God bless them, alchemists and all those guys, Um, literally just getting stoned off of their fucking experiments and just making shit up, Um, God bless them. Um, And it's interesting to me that that stuff gets really readily and very prevalently drug over into both universes, right? I mean, yeah. in DC, the demon, Etrigan, is a... Pre- Again, I guess he's a B-lister, maybe a C-lister, but he's a demon from hell, right? I mean, he gets mm-hmm. his own comic pretty pretty prominently at different eras during the DC universe. Uh, uh, the DC universe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another DC hell character. I'm much more versed in the <laughs> hell of Marvel Universe. Uh, in the Marvel Universe, of course, you get magic. Fucking Colossus' small sister... Her, whose sole power is to teleport 
through hell, right? That's her power. It's the weirdest Basically. power ever, right? And of course, on one and when she's a child, they call when, it limbo, but yeah, they call it limbo. That's right. Sorry, excuse me. She and that's even crazy. They just, have they have they've, they've just got because decisions. it's not it, just distinguish it from Mephisto's actual official hell, hell or Hella or Hella, right? Or they call it Hades. <laughs> there's at some there's point like as well. four of them. There's like there's four at of least them exactly. Fifty hells. There's fifty <laughs> hells in the Marvel universe. It's it's fucking absurd, man. It's it it's. I just find I don't know if you find this as fascinating as I do, but I. I think it's I think it's really interesting that for some reason talking about the devil playing with the devil's mythology playing with demons is totally fine. No Christian right. I mean, I guess occasionally maybe a Christian right gets their their knickers. No, it in a really twist. is. Yeah, it gets, it gets their knickers in a twist and tries to boycott X, Y, or Z. But no one seems to give a shit. Like it's fine as long as it, as long as God doesn't show up and Christ doesn't show up as a superhero, everything's cool. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I never thought about it that way, but but you're right. That uh, totally uh, goes against the idea that you you can't touch uh, all, all the Judean Christian stuff. You just have to <laughs> just have to keep it centered on the devils and hell. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fascinating to me. Fine, because this isn't an ex- well, like just what, rolling that one around in my head, right? Because I mean, look, okay, I don't mean to get too academic here for you people, but like. The only thing I can draw on a comparison to is like sort of the mystery plays of, you know, of whatever medieval Europe. And they have no problem personifying Christ and God on stage as well as lots of Satans and, and, and demons and stuff. They have no problem putting those, those guys on stage. So it's not an extension of that, which is fascinating to me. Um, mm. It's just at some point in time, he becomes they, those, those particular characters become off limits. Except for now I'm remembering in DC, you've got the Spectre, right? Which – Folks, when yeah. this guy shows he, up, he is the avenging hand of of God. Of, he calls himself the hand of God a lot, yeah. He's the hand of God. Dead Man, another character in the DC universe, basically goes in every other issue, goes and visits the afterlife, right? His whole thing <laughs> is that he died and saw heaven and denied heaven and came back for his love, right? So that's interesting, those are the only two ongoing characters I can think of that have any relationship to the Judeo-Christian God outside of obviously through hell stuff. And the Spectre is, I think they every time I turn around they re they redo his origin. I like the Spectre. He's he got could a, just be a guy ranting too. I don't know if he ever like goes with God and checks in. It could just be like his. I seem to remember roots. that happening because I got a little fascinated because I found my way to sort of the Marvel. It could could very well be magic universe was interesting but i found the only the only entree into the dc universe i really had was through their magic stuff which i really dug through sandman and through constantine which i've talked about a lot and so i i started going down that wormhole and in dc it gets pretty thorny and weird pretty quick um Mm, and i picked up a specter comic where specter goes and talks to god at one point and is like again they guess they leave it open that whether he's going mad or or he's crazy or whatever uh richard spencer is i think is his alter ego's name or whatever no richard spencer is the fucking (laughs) nazi all right guy oh my god that would make an incredible specter shit oh my god all right please send all your hate mail we stay away from those stories because you know they're loaded (laughs) these things happen anyway uh so that I just um, I find that I find that super interesting. He's also I don't, I don't know I'm one of the few people that actually likes the Spectre's outfit. He's got he's super pale white. He's got this V Hunter Greed V uh, thong thing that he wears on the uh, 
over his crotch and he's got this green cowl and a cape. Yeah. And he's got the fucking I love I love the characters with the no pupils. Um for whatever reason. <laughs> it's an, it's a leftover from my uh orange and orange yeah. and orange and yellow uh brown and yellow Wolverine days, I guess. I love uh I love that I love that look. So Yeah. Um and he's and just if we can get Go ahead. In like the top ten list of the mystical powers, isn't Spectre like the most powerful? Yeah, he's supposed to because he's fucking like the best at magic. And yeah, the best. At, yeah, they have to know. always write him out, basically, right? Whenever anything's really going wrong, they basically have to make up a reason why Spectre can't just show up and invoke. And I'm not kidding here, people. God, right? Like he can't right, just right. show up and invoke the Judeo-Christian God to solve all right. the problems. But it's, I'm just saying that sort of insinuates that in their hierarchy, they're kind of saying the Christian God is trumps all the other trumps all the other gods. Users. That's a very good point. That is a very good point. Maybe that's why some people that, why they can why they can handle it. Um, no, I, I would I would literally give up a couple of teeth if someone would make a Spectre movie. Like I would be I would just to see what the living fuckhole they would do with it. Um, just it's just fascinating to me. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. I'm also, I'm, I, now that, now that Marvel has introduced Dr. Strange, I'm, I'm interested to see, I'm hoping they really start to explore the Marvel magic universe. And I, at the, I, I, I actually had my bet that the first villain in, in Dr. Strange was going to be Mephisto, but, uh, right. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they went with Dormammu, but, um, he's, he's gotta be on the short list, um, pretty soon for showing up also. Yeah. Cause he's also on the short list for me for, cause we need, now we need the Marvel universe now needs a new major bad guy. Right. Assumingly, af- assuming that after the infinity war, they, they somehow, you know, but do you think atomized like, Thanos. Opened up this whole fascinating thing for me by, because I just forgot about hell, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, hell supplies such wonderful villains. Do you think they would go there? Do you think that I really do cinematic universe could tolerate a, basically judeo-christian big villain from hell i think so i mean they might be all cagey and call it because i think mephisto is technically from limbo maybe i'm wrong about that i don't remember i think mephisto was ruling limbo is that right um because well yeah i mean i think technically i mean he's never presented in 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 position to any sort of christian god figure in the marvel side right yeah and as he's, far as i know i don't remember them ever discussing god they just like he's okay, clearly a devil does. but we're not it's not just not he doesn't fit into any scripture kind of way yeah because they've identified this um, thing as a dimension like limbo is a dimension it just happens to resemble whatever sure um, okay. i'd have to go back and yeah. really read all the inferno comics and see if it slips in somewhere i would be surprised if it didn't but um but yes no my, that's he's my oh, next yeah. bet because like who else can take on like all of this shit, right? Like, I mean, who else is a, you know, outside of some other, and the other thing is they just, you know, they went cosmic. So they've got a lot of cosmic characters now. And so like, where's the next unexplored, you know, realm. And it's the magic, I think it's the magic world in Marvel, even though it's not as, I don't think it's as lush or as interesting as the DC world. I think Mephisto is gotta be high on the list. Right. And also wow. just the, 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 the deliciousness you can have with him. Is he the devil? Is he not the devil? All that kind of bullshit. And you can, and you can, you know, I think you can have a lot of fun with it, but, um, that's just yeah. me. Um, also, ooh, no, I, oops. I, I, I think it is a delicious idea. I would wonder if that would invite too much culture war in America. It you might, know, from it might, American um, product but Marvel may just be that invulnerable. I mean, imagine if somehow infinity war, and maybe this is a fantasy of mine, we're getting a little long here, people. I know we're going to wrap this up soon, but if Infinity War, for whatever reason, <laughs> the end is coming. <laughs> if I promise, so to speak. Yeah, right. Mephisto's the end is there. 
the end is nine. Mephisto will come and kill us all. Um, yeah. You know, imagine if you will, somehow Infinity War actually is the capstone they want it to be. It makes the most money of any of the Marvel movies. It actually wraps things up. People, you know, spooge all over it. It's the best thing ever. And they have to continue. And they have to continue in this sort of like really big vein. It just seems like repeating the cosmic world is 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 a bad is a bad way to go, right? It'll it'll just feel stale pretty quick, I would think. So I don't know where else you go. So by that logic, <laughs> I mean the only other. I mean by that logic, the only other place to go is limbo, is hell, right? Because again, even if it's like the Kree or the Skrull, that just feels now after. After Thanos, how is that even a thing? You know what I mean? Like, they're just, that's just an alien race. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you go pure science fiction instead. I mean, but Thanos is basically science fiction, right? I mean, although he's a, he's a made up god, right? There you go. He's a made up god. Very interesting question, uh, Chris. Ah. And, you know, well, we'll revisit this in 10 years in like with 80 Marvel movies. Yes. Well, I don't even know what 10 years. Actually, that's a good question. How is How long is it from <laughs> Iron Man till. Till Infinity War is it's not ten years, is it? It's it's been it, no, it has been ten years. The, the, Holy the years, shit! They, they planned this shit out to a T. God damn! Almost like a religion in the mythology. But anyway, mythology, yeah. But wait, I'll, I'll I'll count I'll counter your, your idea there for okay. thinking. I I I would bet they would use a mythological big villain. Okay. Who was not as clearly associated with Satan? Who would that be? Because they do that all the time. Who would you know, satisfy the geeks, though? That would that would demand a recognizable villain. Um, well, I guess Thanos isn't too recognizable. I guess. Well, they have, they, uh, and also they sort of they sort of have Surtur in this new Surtur, Thor yeah. movie. And okay, so he he's off the, the table. Same as that guy. Right, so he's that? off the table. I, I, so who are you talking yeah, about? Just, who would uh, it be? I, I'm just trying to think of the big bad uh, myth who's. Uh, I don't know, the, dude. I know. I, I'm just saying because they do that in other movies. Like they sure. create a, a generalized Egyptian god they do, yeah, that's a true. villain in uh, yeah, Apocalypse. Suicide Squad or whatever. Right, 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 right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. In Suicide Squad. Sure. Uh, oh, that's a good example of, yeah, sort of ripped off sort of Egyptology bullshit. Yeah, because she's – who is that? Who is she supposed to be in Suicide Squad? the Enchantress and she was – Oh, the Enchantress the and he's just – Yeah, she's just vaguely and, Egyptian. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Um Right, yeah, what a waste of the enchantress. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I don't know who it would be, but I, I, I that's an interesting sure. question. But they'd have to make they, maybe they'd make maybe this is gonna literally play me all day. <laughs> they may make somebody up. You may be right. I wouldn't be surprised if they like make up like a Horus or like a, not a Horus, Osiris or something or or something like that. Um, but Mephisto is just sitting there, ready to go. I mean, like just ready to go. Uh, although, again, they haven't teased any <laughs> of that stuff, so I don't know. Um, but it's and he's got to be. They've got to. They just have to be big enough. And I think it just would be boring if we went back to cosmic stuff. You know, like oh my god, if the Eternals. You know, again, we already had ego, I guess. But uh, you know, if the Eternals show up or whatever, Galact. I guess you, you know, if they get Galactus back, maybe Galactus. But like, let's be honest, Galactus is boring. He's a giant purple thing that's coming to eat the planet. Like he's got no story. Mephisto is an actual character. You know, he's got an interesting history. He has wants. He has needs. Galactus just has an empty stomach. Like, I mean, who gives a shit? Right? I don't know. That's me. But obviously, they'd also have to get Galactus back from Fox. So, <laughs> and but that might be easier than getting Satan from the Christians. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they give, Gal- I mean, I don't know. Maybe they've He's done something with really Galactus, and they've actually given Galactus a story in the last twenty-five years or thirty years or whatever that I've been out of comics. Maybe they've like twenty years. Maybe they've given him something interesting. But 
I mean, he's so boring. He's just big and purple, right? Like, I mean, like, who cares? Hey, yo, I mean, this has nothing to do with it. Galactus has a big story, which in, uh, which does involve Marvel's parallel history of how every god and uh, okay. myth happened. So he this is, end up this having is past me. So, so it's maybe. just as likely that, you know, they could spin it into Galactus is, is a god, or they have that kind of the, right. they have That, kind that of would make sense. Anyway. That would make but, sense. Um, no, I want it to be Mephisto. I want it to be Mephisto so bad. Anyway, that's my two cents. Okay, folks, that's it. You spent more than an yeah. hour with us on this silly, wonderful topic that uh, we've had a fucking blast talking about. Mythologies in um, uh, ancient religions and folklores and even current religions in, in comic books. Uh, this has been a blast, Dom. Thanks so much. Yeah, um, sure. This has been fun. I really enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. Uh, we didn't even get to a whole section of stuff I wanted to talk about, which is like horror myths, but I think we'll... Sort but of. Luckily, we, we have crack. a whole bunch of more episodes this month to That's do that. That's right, to do that. So we we can tease you next next week. We're gonna sort of like talk about maybe myths and and their their crossovers into movies, uh, leaving a bit of the religion stuff behind, but more more focusing more on like folklore and and that kind of stuff and what movies are made on those and things and whatever. It'll be fun. Um, we always close with um, what we are working on. Um, I'm. Like I said, I'm just back from flogging my movie in L.A., and we're still in post-production on Joanne, but things are getting close, man. We actually have dates and stuff. We're hoping to be out of post-production by the by the first of the year, so uh, by, the, by the end of – sorry, by, I should say by the end of December. So things are looking like that will come to a close, which is super exciting. Some VR projects I'm taking some – oh, God, listen to me. I'm taking some meetings on. I'm turned into that guy. Wonderful. Um, out here in Belgium, which is exciting. Uh, speaking of myths and legends, uh, a werewolf project, a VR project I'd love to get off the ground. Um, starting to take shape. Um, starting to think of my next film project after, um, after Joanne as well and all that good stuff. So anyway, uh, Dom, what's going on in your world creatively? Well, well, whatever I was doing uh, today, I'm putting it on hold now to try to think of this Marvel <laughs> villain who would be post. Do it, baby. Do it. <laughs> the the post-Thanos big, quasi-mystical, mythical villain who would not ruffle the Judeo-Christian's feathers because I know this. Now I'm obsessed with this. Okay, and I fully expect you. Here's here's your deal. We, we, might, have a, we might have a fucking uh, first here at Elevating the Genre. I want you to record by yourself and put it in a tag at the end if you do come up with it. After, of course, you call me or send me an email telling me who you think it's going to be. Um, right. If I do okay. come up with it, it will be spoken of. Yeah. Okay, great. Because I'm yeah, curious. Whether, whether I record it this week or... Because you are way better at this Come week. back to it next week. Next week you might come with a revelation. All right, research. sweet. There you go. Another reason but, to come back next week, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. So what else are you working on besides this thing? Anything else? Huh? Oh, uh, Dama.com. I'm going to relaunch that at, at some Ooh. point as a more robust blog. Nice. Um, Sexy. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that right now. Sounds good. Cool, man. I will look forward to that. Uh, and we'll let you guys know when that's live. And uh, you can go give Dom some hits. Um, uh, internet hits, of course. Uh, please don't punch Dom. Um, please don't punch me either. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, 
thank you so much. We have been elevating the genre. We love you for uh, coming and listening to our our voices that we throw out into the inter the interwebs. Um, and if you like us even a little bit, it would love uh, we would love it if you hopped on over to iTunes and leave a review. It helps people find us. We got the Facebook page, you know, um, all that good stuff. Comment, like, subscribe. We have been elevating the genre. I have been Christopher, and that has been Dama. And we will see y'all next week. Bye.